0: Life is unpredictable. In the last episode, we shared all the twists and turns from our first baby's 20-hour birth story.
1: In this episode, we're sharing all the details of our second baby's birth. We had her at home, and she came so fast that we almost didn't get our toddler out the door in time. Their two birth stories couldn't be more different.
0: This is Life with Amy and Jordan. I remember in birth classes with Beckett one of the things they told us about birth is the the least amount of expectations you can have the better
1: and it's pretty gross.
0: As they didn't say that in class is that your own your own I think opinion? I was thinking that. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, it can be scary. It can also be the most beautiful part of the human experience. But
1: I remember sitting there in birth (laughs) class and going, how is that going to get through there?
0: Yeah, I think we were all wondering that. Yeah. But I realize um, when it comes to expectations, I tried really hard with our first pregnancy with Beckett not to have any expectations about what the birth was going to be like. But the second time with our second pregnancy with Emily, I didn't realize how many expectations I was placing on things simply from my experience the first time around. So for example, Beckett came two weeks before his due date. And so I think in my head, I just assumed Emily was also going to come two weeks before her due date.
1: And just like a quick timeout and a pause, Uh, we released an episode last week about Beckett's birth story. So we have two children. Beckett is our two-year-old. Emily is our six-week-old. And so if you have not had a chance to listen to Beckett's birth story yet, we want to encourage you Pause this episode right now, go back and listen to Beckett's birth story because yes. a lot of the things we're going to talk about in this episode won't make sense unless you've listened to the last episode.
0: Yeah, we're going to reference that one a lot because it's really impossible not to compare the two experiences because they were so vastly different in so many ways. One of the biggest differences going into Emily's birth from Beckett's birth was that we delivered Beckett in a birth center and we'd been planning on doing a home birth with Emily. And we'll do a whole nother episode on why we chose a home birth and all the questions we've had around that. So with Emily's pregnancy and birth, I was really expecting that she was going to come early, just like her brother. And so I remember the last few weeks coming up to the due date, Jordan and I, every time we went anywhere, we were like, okay, this is going to be the last time we do fill in the blank, right? Like anything, like this will probably be the last time we go to church or the last time we go out on a breakfast date or the last time we have a date night. And we kept having a lot of quote unquote last times this time because she did not
1: (laughs) any Hamilton fans out there
0: wow a little bonus serenade from Hamilton thank you for that Um, we assumed that she was coming early so we had so many of those quote unquote last times but then she kept not coming (laughs) and so we kept having more quote unquote last times to the point where it was she got got expensive at the end there that
1: last week I think we went to brunch every day for a week.
0: yes every day we were like let's go to brunch because this will probably be the last time and
1: the worst part is that amy was like getting more and more pregnant and so when once we were like at the due date and we would be at a breakfast place you know a place that we go to regularly they would come by the table and say oh my gosh when are you due and amy would be like oh i was due yesterday and they were like oh my gosh and then like that's me doing the impression of amy and the waitress and then they would bring the bill at the end and they would say I talked to my manager, and we've decided to comp your meal because we probably won't see you again until your baby is born. Congratulations! And we were
0: like, "Oh my gosh, this is the sweetest thing ever. It's like the sweetest way to start a birth story, right?" And we're like, "This is
1: gonna be our birth story." We went to brunch. They (laughs) comped our meal. Amy went into labor on the way home,
0: and of course, that kept not happening. And every day, I woke up and I was still pregnant. And
1: then we would feel guilty because we would go back to the same brunch place like two or three days later. of like with our tail between our legs and like our heads down because we were like oh my gosh they just gave us a free meal because they thought we were having a baby and and we we, didn't we
0: also thought we were having a baby i think like we sincerely every single day were like this is the day this is the day i
1: can even remember we went to one of our favorite dinner places on like a friday night night, and it was right around the due date and you were having some like contractions contractions. yeah and so we like sat down to dinner and you were having contractions
0: i remember before we went on the date i texted our midwife and I was like, hey, I'm starting to have contractions, but we have a babysitter coming over and we're supposed to go to our favorite restaurant. Like, should I go? Should I not go? And she was like, ah, you should probably go. <laughs> and
1: our, our, I remember our waitress coming by and saying like, so how are you guys? How far along are you? Like, when does she due? And I was like, possibly in the next few hours. And she looked at me like, what? <laughs> we
0: were like convinced that she was coming that night. And the same thing happened where it was so sweet. The restaurant is, one, again, one of our favorite restaurants that we frequent a lot. They actually we calmed our meal at the end. Not something that we were
1: expecting. And so we were thinking this is going to be the greatest birth story ever. We went on our normal Friday night date. Amy was having contractions. We sat through the meal anyways because we're second time parents. (laughs) So we're way calmer and cooler and more collected. We were also inspired by a friend of ours who who literally her water broke while she was at dinner. And she just was like, man, I think I'll just sit here and finish the meal. I don't want to get up and make a mess. And then I'll go home and have the baby. Right. And so we grabbed our phones. And as we were leaving dinner, we were like walking in the parking lot and we grabbed our phone and I was like, aim, let's record a video of us talking to Emily. And then one day she'll get to watch this video of the night before she was born. And so we were walking through this dark parking lot and we were like, Hey, Emily, it's mom and dad. We're on our normal Friday night date and contractions started right before the waitress poured the water. And you're going to be here any hour girl. And we just want you to know how much we love you and how excited we are to meet you,
0: which is so embarrassing, that was
1: like two weeks before she was born.
0: <laughs> so, there were, s- and
1: we still have the video.
0: And I think one of the reasons we were so thrown is that if you listen to Beckett's birth story, you know that I never experienced a single contraction before my water fully broke and labor started that way. So, this time around, I was getting pretty regular, consistent contractions on many different days before. Emily came. And that night at date night was one of the first times it happened where they were coming consistently for hours at a time. And we were like, oh, yes, this is it. And then they just went away,
1: and I think because of that, I felt like a, like a watchman on like a tower, <laughs> like patrolling, right? Like who's <laughs> on a patrol because every day for two weeks, Amy was having these contractions, and so I would like. Well, and
0: the weirdest part is it wasn't every day. We we get them one. I get them one day, right, right, and then the next day there'd be nothing. And so I would come- like
1: clean the house, pack pack Beckett's bag I was like a Tasmanian devil every you know other night for two weeks I'd spend two or three hours getting everything ready I
0: actually remember sneaking a cell phone video of Jordan vacuuming our room like frantically at like midnight one night because again I was getting consistent contractions and we were like oh this is it and I remember taking the video thinking oh this will be so funny to show Emily one day and then of course that was not her birthday either <laughs> so we kept getting like duped over and over and over again which was a different experience than last time we never once thought, this is it last time. And so that like start, stop, start, stop was uh, definitely a mind trip in a lot of ways and played a lot, just a lot of mind games with us and was mentally exhausting um, thinking over and over again, our baby's coming. And then, oh, no, she's not coming.
1: And it wasn't necessarily comforting when people would say things to us like, babies come when babies come. <laughs> and like, God knows your baby's birthday and your baby will arrive exactly when she's supposed and to. And all those
0: things are true and right. But
1: but it doesn't really help but when you're like, in the middle of it.
0: We're like, but we want to meet her right now. I was getting so anxious just to be able to hold her and see her face. And um, we kept joking how we were kind of those people that like show up 15 minutes early to a meeting and then we're waiting and waiting and waiting to meet the other person and they don't come. But the reason that we're upset is because we got there early, <laughs> right?
1: We, we say that's like when you're 15 minutes early and somebody shows up five minutes late, you're 20 minutes mad, <laughs> which, which is not fair to them
0: completely unfair, right? But that and if was- you're
1: listening to this right now, you know who you are. So you're either like, oh, I know I'm 15 minutes early. I'm always irritated with people. Or you're like, oh my gosh, that's I'm Jordan. always five minutes late. And
0: that's me. I'm always five minutes late. Jordan's always 20 minutes early. So yeah, you can imagine how that's been in our marriage the last wait, 10 whenever years. Whenever
1: we sit down to record one of these episodes, I feel like I'm sitting here for an hour waiting for Amy to join me. And <laughs> she'll be like, wait, I need to go grab something to eat. I need to get a glass of water. I need to go to the bathroom. And then you'll hear me yell down the hall like are you having a third child what's going on in there
0: which is you know what every wife wants to hear <laughs> <laughs> mr charming over here anyway so those last few weeks were was definitely a mind game in a lot of ways but one of the benefits of her uh coming so much quote unquote later than we expected is that i think around 39 weeks ish i had this like uh sin- like rush of nesting
1: it was like an come urge. over
0: me. Yeah, it was like yeah. an urge to nest. And uh, we have a really pretty neutral nursery that we designed for Beckett where everything is like gray and white and cream. And so the plan was just to put Emily in that nursery because it's very gender neutral, just like baby animals and cream and white and gray. And all of a sudden around 39 weeks I was like, I really want to add some pink things to the nursery. And we had the time. So that became our project to pass the time as we would go. We would bring Beckett with us and we'd go to Home Goods or we'd go to to at home or, you know, we'd go to different home stores and I picked out like some pink throw pillows and a pink rug and pink, uh, just a couple pink things to make the nursery feel really girly. So like looking back, I'm glad that she waited a little longer because we definitely would not have gotten that done if but, she came when I thought she was going to come. But
1: in those final weeks, you definitely think every day, like no matter where you are, is this going to be part of our birth story? Like we're at Home Goods shopping for pink pillows. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm watching Amy from 20 feet away while I'm shopping for something else. And I'm thinking, is her water going to break any minute? And this is going to be part of our birth story. And you kind of evaluate, right? Like certain places you're like, this would be a great place to start a birth story. Other places, you're like, I really hope to God our birth story doesn't start here,
0: and we're not the ones that end up on the news, like baby gives birth in Chick Fil A. Although I heard that that baby gets free chicken nuggets for life. And so. I feel like
1: Chick Fil A, like if you're gonna give birth in a fast food restaurant, Chick Fil A is probably the cleanest one. I mean, yeah. they do a nice job,
0: <laughs> and they would probably be like, "My pleasure." At the end, of, yeah, like, And they always have you. that
1: like really sweet like uh, worship music yeah. playing. It's like the string and piano that's version true. of worship music. So if I had to
0: choose a fast food restaurant to give birth,
1: that's in. about as close to a home birth as you get, I think, (laughs) in the fast food world. It
0: would for sure be Chick-fil-A.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Plus, a lot of people at Chick-fil-A have had multiple kids. So if you're a midwife or, you know, couldn't get there in time, you probably got somebody in that (laughs) Chick-fil-A who's delivered a baby themselves or for a friend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an ideal setup, really.
1: We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online?
0: What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? We're Amy and Jordan, and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week.
1: To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week.
0: We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. When I first found out that I was pregnant with Emily, I uh, immediately started praying really specific prayers about my labor specifically, um, mostly because of all my experiences with Beckett. And I uh, had kind of like a list of like, okay, God, like I know that you care about the small details of my life and I know that these things in the grand scheme of things might not be earth-shattering or world-changing but they would mean so much to me if these things are possible and you know at the end of the day like your will not my will but if if you're interested here are some of the things that I would love for this birth the second time around and so some of the things that I prayed specifically for is one I prayed that I would get to sleep before labor began. Because as you know, with Beckett's story, uh, my water broke at 1045 at night. And so... I was exhausted starting labor because I hadn't slept in so long. And then I think by the time Beckett was born, I had been awake for about 40 hours and it was just brutal. Um, So that was one of my prayers this time around was like, Lord, if it doesn't make a difference to you, if I could get a good night's sleep first, that would be wonderful. Um, Another one of my specific prayers is that my contractions would begin before my water broke this time. Um, Again, last time with Beckett, my water broke first, which actually only happens about 15% of the time um, that women go into labor. And so I really wanted to know what it was like to experience contractions with my water intact as opposed to it breaking right away because when your water breaks, you lose that extra like layer of lubricant. And when your water um, stays intact, it can actually help the baby move into the most
1: optimal position. It's a little more like a slip and slide.
0: (laughs) I don't think I would go that far. Spoken like someone who's never had a baby come out of their body. (laughs) If only I could describe it like a slip and slide. Um, But I'm like turning red. I don't know. I'm glad there's not video on this. I'm totally turning red. Um, But anyway, when your water is intact, it helps your baby move into a position to get the baby out faster. And so that was one of my specific prayers to his Lord, I would love to have my water stay intact and contractions to begin on their own. Um, and then this was like really silly. And only you photographers out there would even understand this. But I was like, also, it would just be awesome to have my baby born during the daylight. like Because we we're planning on having birth photos taken and all my fellow photographers out there know how much prettier photos are in natural light. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Have my first few shots of my daughter in natural light would just be so special. Which, again, like these are not um, life changing things by any means, but just like little details that I was like, I know that, you know, these are tiny, small details and. The most important thing, of course, is just a healthy baby, right? That was my number one prayer. Was Lord, please, a healthy, smooth delivery, um, keeping both me and the baby safe. But that was kind of like my dream list of things. That like, oh, if it could be this way, it would make such a difference from last time.
1: Yeah, and one thing we were talking about as we were preparing for this episode is this idea that Amy and I don't believe God is like a genie, no, (laughs) in the sense that you just get to throw up all your specific prayer requests and that he is like somehow bound to, <laughs> to answer them exactly how you want them answered every single time. Definitely we really not. believe that our relationship uh, with our Heavenly Father is really similar to the way that you know Beckett interacts with us as his earthly parents. And what I mean by that is there are so many times where Beckett, our two-year-old, makes very clear exactly what he wants, <laughs> very when he requests. wants it, in the way he wants it. And sometimes we grant that, when we think it's in his best interest. And sometimes we don't grant it when we think it's in his best interest. And what I mean by that is if Beckett comes to us at seven o'clock at night when we're getting ready for bed and he's like, mama, dada, popsicle, mango, (laughs) his favorite flavor is mango, or like mama, dada, and he wants something sweet. Most of the time, Amy and I, because we love Beckett and because we're his parents and because we have a bigger perspective than Beckett, Beckett's specific kind of narrow Uh, perspective in that moment, the lens he's viewing the world through is I just want this specific thing because I want it because he can't see the consequences of him getting that mango popsicle right before bed. He's going to get a sugar rush. He's not going to sleep as well. There's going to be conflict between us and him trying to get him to fall asleep. His stomach might hurt in the middle of the night, right? There are all these consequences that as parents, we can look at our toddlers or our kids of any age and say, I love you too much to give you the thing that you want because you don't know what the consequence is going to be if you get the thing you want. And so instead of saying no to Beckett, we say not now. And we really believe that when it comes to our prayer life, when it comes to your prayer life, if you're somebody who prays, that we really believe that a lot of times God isn't saying no, he's just saying not now. And so when we were praying for those specific things for Emily's birth and her birth story, we also prayed them with what we call palms down, meaning we were asking God for those things. But if God didn't give us those things that we asked for and we wanted. It didn't mean he wasn't listening. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care <laughs> It just means that he knows ultimately what's best for us.
0: And when Jordan says palms down, what he means is instead of um, holding things in our own hands and trying to control them ourselves, that if you picture someone holding their hands up and trying to hold like the weight of the world on their hand in their hands, instead, when you turn your palms down, that's like fully just releasing it to God. And so that's what we always try to do. Um, although <laughs> we're definitely not perfect at that. No, and I
1: think we would agree that probably before we had Beckett, we did not hope for as painful. I mean, if you listen to the last episode, you know how excruciatingly painful Beckett's labor was for Mm -hmm. Amy. And I don't think necessarily that we, that's what we, it's not what we wanted before we had Beckett. No, But I do think that because of that, we had a different, like a deeper appreciation in a lot of ways uh, for the way that Emily's birth story went, which you'll find out about Mm -hmm. in just a second, Mm -hmm. because we had experienced that. So I think there was purpose in both.
0: Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. Purpose in all of it. So I remember just feeling really discouraged with the amount of times contractions would start and then stop and it wasn't labor. And I remember texting my doula and she texted me back encouragement and said, just so you know, every time this happens this late into your Uh, timeline into your pregnancy timeline your body is doing hard work right now and it's preparing you for labor and it's going to be worth it like trust me your baby's going to come at the right time like your body's so smart so it, it was really encouraging to hear that from our doula so at our 41 week Midwife appointment, which I never guessed we would get to a 41 week midwife appointment because, of course, the due date is 40 weeks, right? So we're about a week past our due date. And at the 41 week appointment, um, my midwife was like, Hey, just so you know, um, I like based on your baby's position right now, I'm feeling your belly and I can tell that your baby is head down but her face is up instead of down. And so that might be something that's preventing labor from starting. And so you should go check out this website called Spinning Babies. And I was already familiar with that website because a few weeks beforehand, uh, Emily went from being head down to transverse, which means that her head moved from being like down and locked and loaded in the pelvis to the side. And so her picture her kind of laying horizontally across my belly button, like head on one side, feet on the other side. And so babies, uh, can't be born when they're transverse. And so there's a lot of, uh, things you can do, like positions that you can get into, uh, to help spinning babies. (laughs) To help your baby get back into the right position. Oh,
1: spinning babies. Oh my gosh.
0: Jordan is a fan of spinning babies for a completely different reason than <laughs> I am. I'm a fan. of
1: Spinningbabies.com.
0: <laughs> By the way, this is not sponsored. Spinning Babies does not know that we exist. We just went there to was, the website. There
1: was, there was one night where you had a good two and a half hours oh gosh. of spinning babies exercises.
0: <laughs> they're kind of like, picture like different like yoga poses, basically. Like They're different poses that you hold that help your baby get into different positions. So, yeah. yoga
1: poses.
0: (laughs) Earlier on, uh, like two weeks before this, I was actually like laying upside down, inverted on an ironing board for quite a bit of time um, and just doing some other of the recommended poses to get our baby to move from transverse to head down. And after three days, it worked. Um, And she moved on her own. It was amazing. And so at this 41-week appointment, she was again referencing spinning babies to try to see if we could get Emily to turn all the way back, head down, and head facing the right way. So that night, I remember we um, I looked up all of the recommended uh, tips for like optimal fetal position for labor to begin. And so I was like, I'm going to do every single thing on this list.
1: (laughs) So we went for like... I was like, I'm going to watch her do every (laughs) single thing on this list in yoga pants. Oh, boy. I mean, Amy wearing yoga pants. To be clear, this, I was not wearing yoga pants. This
0: is like a whole episode where I'm just going to be like red the whole time we're recording it. And it makes me thankful <laughs> that this is a podcast and not a video.
1: I mean, I just think that this episode couldn't be more perfectly timed, though, because you get the benefit of there are going to be a lot of babies born in December, because as we're recording this, <laughs> everybody <is laughs> everybody in home. America is quarantined. That's and so they're predicting the great baby boom sometime around December of this year. Someone so,
0: else might need spinning babies. Well, you
1: can use spinning babies to, to make a baby. Oh boy. And you okay. can use spinning babies to deliver a baby. So
0: moving on. Anyway, the night before Emily was born, I ended up doing Everything recommended on the list. So it was like hours of spinning babies positions, um, much to Jordan's delight. I'm rolling my eyes if you can't tell. Uh, The next morning, I woke up, went to the bathroom and discovered that I had lost my mucus plug. And I was like, oh, this is good progress. This is something. So
1: that was about 5 a.m. the next
0: morning. Yeah, uh ish. Yeah. And then
1: I was sleeping. That's why I'm asking. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Jordan's like, oh, I wasn't aware. I'm only
1: part of this birth story.
0: Um, and thankfully Beckett our toddler was still asleep so I went back to bed Jordan was still asleep Beckett was asleep
1: it's a good thing Beckett wasn't awake when you lost your mucus plug because I could have seen you being like Jordan I just lost my mucus plug and Beckett would be like find it find it (laughs) because whenever we lose anything Beckett says find it find it that's true like you can't find it buddy it's gone.
0: So Jordan and I getting Beckett out of his bed at the normal time, brought him downstairs, and we had a really normal morning um, because I wasn't showing, aside from the mucus plug, I wasn't showing any other signs. I wasn't getting any contractions. And remember, I've been getting contractions for like two weeks. So even if I had, I wouldn't have even been thinking it was a big deal at this point. Um, so we had our normal morning that we always do. Beckett snuggled in next to me. We were reading his favorite books in bed, and then we went to go make breakfast in the kitchen. Jordan was making breakfast, and I was setting You know, Beckett. Beckett. Beckett up in his little high chair and just having a conversation with Beckett. And while Jordan was making breakfast, I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel some cramps. And that's how I described it was like, cramps. Um, And that
1: was probably around 7.30. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, probably around 7.30 in the morning. And so uh, we continued to do breakfast with Bex. I still remember like specifically right around 8 o'clock, he was pretty much done with his regular breakfast, eggs and toast, but he was on to blueberries and I was getting some blueberries out of the freezer. He loves the frozen ones. And as I was getting them out of the freezer, I felt like a little bit more of a quote unquote intense cramp. And I was like, oh, maybe this is something like I lost my mucus plug. But again, I wasn't really thinking much of it. We had a an ultrasound appointment scheduled for one or two o'clock that afternoon because I was 41 weeks and they wanted to make sure I still had enough amniotic fluid and all that. So I was thinking like, there's no way anything is going to happen before my ultrasound. So I already know we're going to see the ultrasound tech today. Like I've, I'm just like not making a big deal about this. So... Um, probably the next like 10 minutes I felt a few more and Jordan was like hey why don't we just get a jump on things and you pack Beckett's overnight bag now just in case because we were planning on having our baby at home and so the plan was for Beckett to go to my mom's house his grandma's house uh, for a few days once the baby was born so I was like yeah that's a good idea to pack Beckett's bag just in case.
1: We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love.
0: That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place, and they're just one click away.
1: To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com slash favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash favorites
0: when you make a purchase using one of our links it doesn't cost you extra sometimes it even saves you money and it's an easy way to help support the show now back to the episode so I was packing Beckett's bag probably around 8, 15, 8, 20, 8, 30 in the morning, somewhere around there. And around that time, one of our dear friends um, and one of our old coworkers from when we were teaching elementary school, uh, I was the fourth grade teacher. Jordan was the fifth grade teacher and she was the second grade teacher. Her name is Mary. And Mary um, is one of our dear friends. Like a, We really consider her one of our best friends. She is
1: one of our best friends and yeah. she is BA. Okay. <laughs> is so BA. I'm just saying like, I don't even care. Like, for me, age is a number. Mary's probably 75, and she is so awesome. I think she's cooler than most 25-year-olds. She is. When
0: we were, like, 22, 23, teaching elementary school, she had us over to her house and taught us how to play a Mexican drain domino game. We spent a
1: lot of Friday nights playing, playing dominoes. Playing dominoes. <laughs> and, and we loved it. it she's so awesome, so Mary, if you're listening right now, we love you.
0: <laughs> so Mary came over because she was going to be watching Beckett that day so we could get a few hours of work done. And I remember packing Beckett's bag in the master bedroom and hearing... George Jordan opened the door greeting Mary. And he was like, I don't know. Amy might be in labor. We'll just let you know. That's what he said to Mary. (laughs) She was like, oh, okay. So I was like packing Beckett's bag. And then the quote unquote cramp was starting to feel much more like a contraction. And I was like, oh, and I would kind of stop for a second while I was packing the bag, like wait for the contraction to end and then keep packing his bag
1: so when mary arrived you know around 8 30 i was you know i greeted her she took back it they went upstairs and i remember walking back toward our master bedroom and i walked walked into our master bedroom and i looked to my left and in the bathroom amy was with with her right hand holding on her stomach and her left hand she was like bracing herself and leaning over the sink and i was thinking okay
0: this, this looks like labor. <laughs> um, and yeah, pretty quickly, the contractions were getting more and more intense, probably by eight. I would say probably like, like by nine o'clock. By nine o'clock, I was like breathing very heavily through the contractions, starting to kind of moan and groan. And mind you, our labor with Beckett was 20 hours on that. It was really 22 or 23 after the water broke, but it was like 20 hours of really intense active contractions. So I was thinking like we're at the very beginning of and this thing. And they had
1: thing. told us, you know, for the average labor for a first-time mom is about 20 hours. Mm-hmm. And then the second baby is usually half, half that. So whatever your first labor is, your second on average is half. So we were thinking, okay, Beckett was 20 this is probably 10. It's only like eight o'clock, you know, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. So we're probably looking at like in a late, late, late afternoon. Yeah. Or maybe maybe tomorrow, tomorrow. Like we just, (laughs) how wrong were we? We
0: were so wrong. Um, the contractions started getting so intense and this time was really different than last time where every time I felt a contraction, I had like this really strong urge I, this probably, I don't know. It might be TMI, it might be embarrassing, but that's kind of what birth is. What um, I love
1: about this this uh, podcast is that Amy always like qualifies her TMIs. She'll be like, this might be TMI. And then she says something that's like G rated or maybe PG. And I just come out of the gates with with PG 13.
0: Jordan lives in TMI. TMI (laughs) is too much information, right? Jordan kind of lives in that TMI world. Um, But I, through every contraction, I had like this really strong urge to sit on the toilet, like right on the edge of the toilet. And looking back, I, I remember reading in spinning babies uh, on their website. They have so much great information. Again, this is not sponsored yeah, by them. They do. Um, but one of the things that I learned on that website is that when you're, when you're seated in a position like you would be on a toilet where your your knees are kind of up a little bit, but your hips are above your knees, it actually is an optimal position for your baby to get down where your baby needs to go in order to get out. And so that must have been what was happening, but I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just thinking, I need to sit right here.
1: And and that was probably like nine, like the nine to nine 30 mm-hmm. timeframe, because I remember really specifically after I walked by and you were kind of bracing yourself, you had kind of, I had kind of asked you, I'm like, do you want me to start the bath water? Like, do you want me to get a bath going oh, for yeah. you? Because a lot of people who have, you know, births at home or, you know, in a birth center or in a birth center inside of a hospital, a lot of women really love the feeling of being in water because it kind of takes some of the weight and the pressure mm-hmm.
0: off. It was one of my favorite ways to experience contract. I mean, if, if there's, Ever a favorite way to
1: experience a contraction. One They're of my all favorite awful. ways to experience breathing <laughs> fire.
0: Yeah. For One real. of my favorite
1: ways to experience walking on shards of glass.
0: <laughs> but being in the tub um, with Beckett's labor was really. Uh, the most relaxing type of contraction. To but yeah, experience. it was like
1: nine nine thirty, and I was like, "Do you want me to run the bath?" And you were like, "No, I just feel like I need to sit on the toilet." And I was like, "Okay." So Amy went and sat on the toilet, and then all of a sudden, it kind of clicked. Like around nine to nine thirty, it kind of clicked in my brain. Like, oh my gosh! I
0: think it was right around the time I yelled, "Bring a trash can!" Bring it! <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I heard, "Bring a trash can," and I ran in, and poor Amy is sitting on the toilet. And this might actually be a TMI, but she's sitting on. No, let's be real. There's no such thing. <laughs> she's sitting on the toilet and is now like vomiting, vomiting. into a trash can <laughs> while she's sitting on the toilet. And that was when it finally clicked in my like primal ape man brain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Something is happening because I remember really distinctly from Beckett's birth story that that for Amy vomiting was like this precursor to getting ready to have the baby. And so all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, okay. It's nine 30. Amy's vomiting. Holy moly. We thought we were going to have all the time in the world. We might've waited too long. (laughs) And all of a sudden I like furiously, like, you know, furiously, frantically, frantically and furiously, probably, fired off a text to Amy's mom to grandma that was basically like, "Uh, you need to come right now. Because originally I had texted her being like, "Uh, I'll keep you posted sometime today. And I finally texted her and I was like, you need to come right now. And I texted our doula. The and best so- way to
0: describe Jordan <laughs> is Tasmanian devil. You know, that old like Looney Tunes cartoon. That's what Jordan looked like running around her house, like the Tasmanian devil.
1: I just was breathing so hard. My heart was racing. All of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, my wife is sitting on the toilet and vomiting into a trash can. And like, I'm afraid it's going to Be one of those like TLC shows where all of a sudden she's going to have the baby on the toilet. (laughs) And I have been prepared for weeks and weeks and weeks. And now God has a great sense of humor because he caught me off guard. So I'm like trying to get grandma over. I texted our doula. I did not even text our midwife. That is how frantic I was. Thank God our doula texted our (laughs) midwife. And all of a sudden I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have to leave Amy by herself vomiting on the toilet because I've got to get our bed ready. And I did not think I was going to be in a rush because I thought we would have. Be the slow build up to labor, and no, it was like whoosh, and so I all of a sudden ran into our master bedroom, stripped the sheets off the bed, went and threw those in the wash because I knew once the baby was here, we'd want to put our our actual sheets back on. (laughs) I went and and got the shower liners. Part of having a home birth is you put shower liners down on your mattress, and then you put two fitted sheets on top, so that way. There's literally no mess to clean up. And
0: there are two fitted sheets that you plan on throwing away anyway. So we got them like specifically for birth. So it was like Jordan was like trying to prep the bed really fast while our doula was on the way. And I was so relieved when our doula got there because with Beckett's labor, Jordan was never left my side. Like he was supporting me every second of every contraction for the entire thing. And I
1: totally abandoned you on this one.
0: And this time I was totally abandoned because he had too many other jobs to do. He was like getting the bed ready and then trying to get... Beckett out the door in time. And so
1: that's the funny thing, too. In hindsight, is the juxtaposition between like you're on the toilet vomiting, I'm running around like Tasmanian devil, and Beckett is just upstairs in his playroom. He has no idea. (laughs) One of his favorite people, Miss Mary, and they're just like coloring and hanging out. And it was probably right around like, I mean, by the time, grandma probably arrived around like 9.45, 10 o'clock. Mm,
0: which is right when our midwife also is right arrived. right when our midwife
1: arrived. And I can remember, well, even before that, I can remember our doula arriving. And I was still, I was being Tasmanian devil. And our doula arrived. And I remember opening the front door and looking to be like, oh, Diane, thank God you're here. <laughs> oh, Amy's vomiting in, on the toilet right now. And um, she said to me, I'll never forget this, clear as she said to me, don't worry. I already texted Yetta. She's on her way. And I remember having this moment of like it caught me by surprise. Yetta is our midwife, and I looked at Diana. I said, "You texted Yetta," and she said, "Well, yeah, I don't catch babies." <laughs> and that was when I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, go. You go in the bathroom." And at that point, um, so it was like nine forty-five, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think that's when it clicked for Jordan, and it still hadn't really clicked for me. I was just thinking. This is excruciating. Oh, I probably have another tw- ten to twenty hours of this. Because at
1: this point, it's only been like two hours from the time you had that first contraction. Well, you know.
0: yeah, so and you- it, it really didn't get painful until probably about nine o'clock in the morning. Yes. So, um, I was probably only about an hour into really intense, painful contractions, and so I'm thinking I have a long day ahead of me. And um, by this point, I'm or I'm not talking during contractions. I'm really like moaning and groaning, and it's horrible. Right and super painful and I was so relieved when my doula walked in the door because a Jordan had abandoned me <laughs> which is so so different than last time and um, so it was so nice to see her and she just has such a calming presence and she was with us for our first birth too so it was just like oh, such our a poor relief doula.
1: she had the if you listen to the last episode you know that our doula had the honor of holding Amy's throw-up bucket in the back <laughs> of the car during Beckett's labor and it was like deja vu she got to hold the throw-up bucket again
0: yes. for Aww, Amy we love but, Love you, Diane. So
1: now we're like around 10 o'clock, okay? And so our doula's in with Amy. I'm still finishing. I'm kind of wrapping up being Tasmanian devil. Around 10 o'clock, our midwife also arrives. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, I've pretty much got everything done that needed to be done around the house. And now I can go be present with Amy. And I remember hearing something upstairs <laughs> and thinking to myself, why am I hearing something upstairs? Grandma arrived 15 minutes ago grandma and Beckett and Miss Mary should be gone by now. Because one of the things we did not want to happen was for Beckett to hear Amy in pain or to see Amy in pain because he is such a, even though he is a little spitfire, he's a sweet sensitive soul when it comes to seeing mommy or daddy in pain. And so I remember hearing something and being like, that can't be right. And so I walked up the stairs all the way down the hallway. And when I walked into, and I'm like sweating at this point, I'm like sweating, I'm breathing heavily, my heart is racing. Um, I don't know if my my daughter is being, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love how this Turn into Jordan's birth story.
0: (laughs) Okay. So Jordan's in a lot of pain. He's sweating. He's hot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm
1: just kidding. But seriously. And so I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like what am I hearing upstairs? Like my daughter might be coming out right now and I'm not there. So I, I go upstairs and I walk into the playroom and I see Beckett and I see Miss Mary and I see Amy's mom, grandma, and they're tidying up the playroom. And I remember walking in and and I was just kind of like in shock for about five seconds. And I think my brain was trying to process like what was happening. And in my brain, I was thinking, okay, Miss Mary and grandma are doing the sweetest, most wonderful thing in the entire world. They are tidying up the playroom so that we don't have to do it later. But it's kind of like if your house is on fire and someone's making the bed for you (laughs) And you're like, I love your heart. Get the heck out. And so I remember having this pause moment and looking at both of them and saying something to the effect of, first, I just want to say, this is such a blessing to us. (laughs) Second, I need you out right now. (laughs) Because I don't think they realized how they didn't know, obviously, how far things had progressed and that it was happening so quickly. And so they said, okay, no problem. So I head back down the stairs and from the top of the stairs, I can hear Amy's primal roars
0: <laughs> and remember our sweet sensitive boy Beckett like even in my in my first trimester when I was pregnant with Emily Beckett was you know one and a half and whenever I would have to like run to the bathroom to throw up he would be in a different room from me but he could hear me vomiting and this poor little guy would just start sobbing crying so hard and be like, Mama, mama. He just hated hearing me in any kind of and like, pain. You might
1: not think that Amy can primal roar, but it's, it, it's like it's like Tinkerbell sounding like Mufasa, okay?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: You've never described it quite like that before. Well, the good news is I say you look like Tinkerbell. Oh, thank you. But you sound like Mufasa. <laughs> but anyway, so I digress. So I get to the top of the stairs. I hear these, these screams coming from downstairs, and I think to myself, oh, my gosh. I can't have Beckett come down the stairs on the way out. I can't have Grandma come down the stairs on her way out and hear her daughter in this kind of pain. Like this is really, really intense.
0: It would probably be traumatizing for all parties. For
1: all parties, and so I like have my phone on me and I think quick and I turn our Sonos speakers on <laughs> and I start playing music really loud, the the playlist that we had like set aside for for the birth and and as. And that way, the music kind of drowned out the screaming. And so Grandma and Miss Mary and Beckett are out the door. And now it's about 10.08. And I'm getting specific on the time because things are about to start moving fast. So it's about 10.08. They're out the door. I'm finally in a place where I can go back and now be with Amy. And all of a sudden, I have this like... Like really emotional, like daddy heartstring moment where I think to myself, oh my gosh, I was in such a rush to get Beckett out the door that I didn't even fully process that Emily is going to be born really soon. I didn't really get to say goodbye to him, and I'm not going to see him for a couple of days. And like frantically, like it was like a scene from a movie or something. I like like throw open the front door and like run out to the driveway, hoping I can catch their car before it takes off. And fortunately, I did. And Grandma was putting Beckett in the car. And I was able to give him a big hug and tell him that I loved him and take a selfie with him. And that is one of my favorite photos. One of my biggest regrets, as you know, from Beckett's birth story, one of my biggest regrets is that I felt like Amy and I didn't take enough photos and enough videos. Because when you're in the moment, you're not really thinking like, oh, I should document this. You're thinking survive. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to make sure that I took more photos and videos to remember it. And so grandma and Beckett and I took a selfie at 10.09 a.m. in our driveway before she took him away. I want you to keep 10.09 in your mind.
0: (laughs) So um, once our doula arrived and our midwife arrived and I was finished vomiting, I um, asked our doula if it would be okay if I went to be on the bed. And she said yes, which I was actually really surprised about because that, again, was not my experience the first time around. So I was so relieved that she said I could lie down because I was in so much pain So I went to go lay down in bed and just like suffered through the contractions in bed with the support of both my doula and my midwife. And pretty soon after that, Jordan joined, I think it was maybe like 10. So now now
1: that we're getting into like the home stretch here, set the stage for us, because I think a lot of a lot of people we kind of breeze past the home birth thing and we'll do another episode, a future episode on like why we chose a home birth and like specifically what that kind of looks like. But maybe you could just set the stage for us here and kind of describe what was happening at the, at that moment once we were all in our master bedroom and it was go time.
0: Yeah, so I was laying on like my normal side of the bed that I lay on when Jordan and I go to bed at night and my doula was like right by my head, basically just kind of like, she was like standing right off to the side of the bed just kind of like coaching me through contractions. And um, my midwife was kind of at the foot of the bed just – keeping a close eye on everything. And then my midwife also brought a birth assistant who uh, was just kind of taking notes and was there in case there was any kind of need. And then Jordan came in around the other side of the bed and just kind of like big spoon, little spoon, just kind of wrapped his arms around me and held me during the contractions. And I was in so much pain at this point that every time a contraction hit, they were coming really fast. And I just really couldn't control what my own body was doing. I was really writhing in pain, like writhing back and forth, and so Jordan was trying to kind of like contain my body, I think, in a way. When he was my arm, on. my
1: shoulder was sore for days. Oh
0: my gosh, <laughs> Jordan!
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even breathe. I'm laughing so. <laughs> I remember when I said that to Amy after after Emily was born, and I said a couple of days later, "Gosh, my shoulder." I feel like, some, oh man, I've been sore oh, for man. two days. And she was like, your shoulder is sore. <laughs> You're
0: sore from birth. <laughs> You're sore from birth. Oh man. But to his credit, he was holding me really tightly. Um, So I was just in a ton of pain. And I around this time was feeling really uh, exhausted, scared, and like I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I know that might seem weird because this was was our second baby and our second time doing an un uh, an unmedicated labor, and so you would think I would know logically, like, "Hey, your body's already done this once before; it will do it again." But there's just not a lot of logic in a moment like that when you're in so much excruciating pain. And I was just thinking, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, I'm not gonna be able to survive. I can't go another 10 hours. I had no idea how close I was to the finish line this time. And I was just thinking like, I'm not gonna be able to survive this. The contractions are coming like every minute. They're so intense. And um, my midwife, I'll never forget, I feel like she could just sense exactly what was going on with me. And she uh, left her position at the foot of the bed and came right up to my face kind <laughs> and
1: of like, like squatted down yeah at squatted down that made
0: it sound aggressive it wasn't
1: aggressive she's very sweet she was all up my face
0: <laughs> she was very like gentle and calm um and came right down and got eye level with me and when i the contraction was over and i was in a position to be able to like look at her because honestly i didn't even have my eyes open during
1: contractions they were just it's so basically painful. like 60 seconds of hell followed yeah. by 60 seconds of rest
0: right So in that like 60 seconds of rest, she just got down on my level and she knew our story and she just said, Amy, I just need you to know like, this is not Beckett. This is not Beckett's story. This is Emily. This is Emily's story. She has a different story and you can do this. And oh my gosh, I kind of tear up a little just even thinking about that moment. Because I was
1: like, what about my shoulder? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I was not thinking that. (laughs)
0: Um, Oh, man. But I really do tear up a little bit thinking about that moment because it was really exactly what I needed to hear. And she said, I have a suspicion you're holding your baby in. And I was like, what? Like, I was th- I didn't even say the words what out loud, but I was thinking, like, what is she? Is this lady crazy? <laughs> like, what does she mean holding my baby in? Um, and she was like, if it's okay with you, I'd like to do your very first cervical check of your entire pregnancy, because that's something that you that you may not know if you've never worked with a midwife before, is they don't necessarily do cervical checks unless there's some sort of reason to do one. And there was never really a reason to do one up to this point in my pregnancy. So here I am having really severe contractions, and she said you know, I think I want to do your first cervical check because I, I think it might help for you to know where you're at. And is that okay with you? And I was like, yes, please. Yes, please. So she went to do a cervical check and she was like, she stopped almost immediately. And she said, you know what? I don't need to do a cervical check because I'm touching your baby's head and I was like, what? And I was like starting to tear up, but then another contraction came and I was in a lot of pain. And I was just like, I was honestly in shock because this was probably at ten forty-five in the morning. And if you remember two hours earlier, I was packing Beckett's overnight bag thinking like, oh, I have some cramps. And now it's two hours later, I'm in excruciating pain and she's telling me she can ho- touch my baby's head. And I just could not believe it. I was in total shock. I, my body was like, shaking involuntarily. I could not believe it. Um, And it was like the exact boost that I needed to start pushing. And so that was when pushing began. And again, part of my story with Beckett is that I pushed for two hours on a birthing stool. And after about 30 minutes of pushing, Beckett crowned. And then he stayed crowned for another 90 minutes. And that part of the labor was so hard. I... I just wasn't sure if I was going to survive, honestly. And that memory, I didn't realize like how deep that was inside of me until I had to start pushing with Emily. All that fear came rushing back. It was like every part of Beckett's labor just came right back to me. And I was terrified of having to go through that experience again. So once I started pushing, um, I, I was starting to feel defeated pretty quickly because I was reliving my past experience and i never even really dis, like never really thought or processed that any part of my birth was traumatic in any way with beckett because i was just so thankful that i got a healthy baby out in the end and i, I just hadn't really processed it processed it until that very minute when i'm pushing emily out and so there was a moment probably after like 10 i don't know maybe 20 after 20 minutes of pushing i'm not exactly sure when it was um i just so
1: sometime around probably 11 o'clock so yeah maybe yeah, around 11 probably after like maybe 10 or 15 minutes of pushing you were probably pushing like you were like resting for 60 seconds pretty and then you would mm-hmm. push for 60 seconds and in a 60 second cycle you would get two or three pushes yeah and you would push and kind of hold during the contraction for like 10 yeah. seconds and then push and hold for 10 seconds and push and hold for 10 seconds um, and then it would go away and then you'd rest for 60. So yeah, it was probably 10 or 15 minutes.
0: Mm. Yeah. And so having that uh, that line in my head from my midwife, like this is not Beckett's story. This is Emily's story. That was so encouraging. And in that moment of so much pain, I just cried out loud uh, a prayer. And it was probably only a few words was really all I could get out. But I was just praying that God would help take away this pain and help me meet my baby. And right after I prayed that prayer, it was like my whole body went from holding all this pain and tension to just like completely relaxing. And the room got completely quiet. And it's the only time during the whole labor, because the whole labor felt really kind of like chaotic and crazy. And all of a sudden, it was like everything stopped kind of like the calm in the storm.
1: It was almost like God had pressed pause on the whole process. mm -hmm. And we were like in the eye of the storm. It was almost like we were on this like stormy choppy sea (laughs) and God just stopped it. It was like
0: everything was swirling around us and then everything just
1: Calm, And the crazy part is that it wasn't like she had been having pretty regular like 60 seconds of pushing and contractions, 60 seconds of rest. And all of a sudden, there was this like two to three minute period of silence and peace that just came over the room. Mm -hmm. And the craziest part was... At the exact same time that that happened, one of our favorite songs that we play as part of our kind of morning playlist when we're getting coffee and making breakfast in the morning, we play a song. One of the songs we play is called New Wine by Hillsong. And right as Amy prayed that prayer and that piece kind of washed over the whole room, we heard the words – from that song Mm -hmm.
0: and it was the only time where uh, I think it was like two or three minutes in a row where I did not have a contraction and so I was actually able to just like rest in the calm and I it was really one of the first times my ears like focused enough to even hear like what was going on on the speakers and that song if you've heard it before the lyrics basically go in the crushing in the pressing you are making new wine in the soil I now surrender, you're breaking new ground. So I yield to you and your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. And that hearing those lyrics in a moment of like, pure calm after so much pain. It was like just what I needed with the like that peace that washed over me. And then it was like this strength of like I'm gonna be able to do this.
1: I just felt in that moment like my shoulder's gonna be okay. Oh my God. You know, I felt like I just felt God touch me on the shoulder and say, Jordan, it is gonna be just fine.
0: Oh my gosh. And so with a few more pushes after that Emily was born. I and couldn't believe it. And the thing
1: is that, so like from my vantage point, like when we had Beckett, as you'll recall from the last episode, we were sitting on the edge of a bed and I was behind Amy. And so I was looking at Beckett like from a mirror. You
0: were sitting on it. Sorry, I was sitting on a bed. You were on the torture on
1: stool. The stool. And yeah. I was behind you on the edge of the bed, kind of wrapped with a bear hug around you. Yeah. And there was a mirror and I could see Beckett coming out from the mirror right but this time we were laying in bed together and i was on my back this time and i kind of like sat up a little bit and all of a sudden i see emily's head come out (laughs) and she did this i think this is probably pretty normal like for most i mean if you're a midwife, you know this, or if you've had a lot of babies, you know this, I think there's like the push that gets the head out. And then the next push, the next big push gets the body out or the next like Mm. series of pushes. So Emily's head was just hanging out and I'm sitting there looking at it going, Oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Because last time, Beckett was a lot farther away from me last time. When <laughs> you had a came different,
0: out. different vantage And It almost
1: yeah. didn't even click again in like my like my dude brain because I I just was a lot to process all at once. But once Amy got Emily's head out, our mid Ardula, our who was still right at right at uh kneeled down by Amy, kind of over by her head, she looked at me and said, Aren't you gonna catch? And I looked at her and it was like, that was totally part of our birth plan. Cause I caught Beckett, but I was, it like took me a second to like register. Like, Oh my gosh, this is happening right now because it, the whole thing was so fast by comparison, you know, fast for our expectation. So like I got up and kind of crawled down toward the edge of the bed and there was Emily's head just hanging out. Um, And then it was time for Amy to give that like final push and Amy gave that like big final push and Emily's shoulders came out and her body came out and and I, as I kind of grabbed her and like pulled her toward me, she was a lot more slippery. That was the one thing that shocked me is with Beckett, since Amy's water broke first and labor was like 20 hours, when Beckett came out, he was dry as a bone. Like his, his skin was like almost dry. Like he didn't hardly have any of the, what's the stuff that like they have the on them? fluid. The amniotic fluid on yeah. him or like anything. And so he was way easier to catch. But when Emily came out, I put my arms under her shoulders because that's what I had done with Beckett. And as I was pulling her out, she was like soaking wet. And what's so funny is I remember that when when she, as her like you know head and her body were coming out, I don't remember exactly what at what point, but the cord was actually wrapped around her neck twice. And I was so thankful that a couple weeks before. Cause even though you have a, a first baby, you still have all the same questions or a lot of the same ones with your second baby. Cause you forget. And I remember asking our midwife, you know, Hey, like, so I remember from like Beckett, it's normal for the cord to be wrapped around their neck. Right. And she was like, Oh yeah, like probably a third maybe of, of all babies are born, you know, with the cord or 40% have the cord around their neck. And she was like, usually it's no big deal. Like when they come out, because again, they're not breathing through their nostrils, they're breathing through that cord. So once they come out, we just unwrap it a couple times and then usually they're good to go. And I'm so glad that I I had asked that question because it didn't freak me out when Emily came out and she was purple, uh, which is the color they are when they come out. Um, and, and then our doula just said something to the effect of, Oh, her first necklace.
0: (laughs) and She said it like that. So (laughs) sweetly and calmly. And so we weren't panicked at all. And Uh, our, our
1: midwife grabbed the cord and unwrapped the cord twice and then helped me like lift Emily out. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I grabbed her and kind of tried to slide with her down the bed <laughs> to put her on Amy's chest because they always say, like we talked about with Beckett, that mom is the best incubator for the baby. And the baby needs like mom's heat and needs mom's heartbeat and needs mom's breathing. Um, and what's so crazy, I guess, like, for me anyways, is, you know, Amy and I had had like a lot of discussions, like prior to Emily being born, like, and I'm not saying one way or the other, I'm just throwing this out there. We had had like discussions about like, are we going to have two say. kids? Are we going to have more kids? Oh. And a really good friend of ours had said, you know, when we had our second baby, like we knew we weren't done. But as soon as our third baby was born, like in that moment, we both just had this piece that we were done. And as soon as Emily was born and I like lifted Emily over onto Amy's chest. Um, I don't know if it was like me, like having, having a daughter, uh have my, you know, my first daughter, but I was literally like almost in tears and like within seconds of her being pulled out, I said to Amy, like through like, you know, like this weird voice and tears. And I was like, she's perfect. I- I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm was, not done. I was like, let's talk about this
0: later. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like I literally just pushed her out. Um, but I honestly was just in so much shock when Jordan put her on my chest. I like could not believe I was holding my own baby because it was 1109 in the morning. Um, and it just was Went so much faster. And remember,
1: if we rewind a second, I told you to remember what time?
0: 10.09. 10.09. Is when you took your selfie. We have the timestamp with the timestamp of Jordan with Beckett and Grandma it was 10.09. And an hour later, Emily was born. And it was just, again, like this feeling of, like pure love and relief and emotion. I was crying and saying my baby all over again, just like last time. And I remember wondering when I was pregnant, like, is this really going to be as special? Um, I've already had one baby. Is it going to be special to have another one? And it turns out, yes, it is very special (laughs) to have another baby. Um, I was just... I'm speechless. I don't even know how to really describe it. But I was just feeling so much love, so much relief, and honestly, so much shock, like so much shock this time. Um, And just holding her on my chest and being like, I can't believe this just happened. Like, I can't believe I did it. And now Jordan wants another baby. (laughs) Um, but when I think back to all the specific prayers that I prayed, I can't even believe like how beautifully every single one of those prayers was answered. Um, specifically like me getting to sleep before labor started, Um, the labor being so much shorter than last time. And my water not only didn't break at the beginning, it didn't break until I started pushing. And so that was such a different experience than last time. And there was just like so much uh, redemption in this birth story Um, and just felt like that's really the only word I can use to describe it is it felt like it was just redeeming. And it was just so special to hold my daughter in my arms. And uh, because we were at home, um, we got to experience all those first hours together in our own master bedroom, which was just so beautiful and special. And I kept saying like, wow, I don't know why everyone doesn't do this. This is amazing to the to our team because our team was just incredible.
1: I just want to mention too, and then we'll talk about our amazing, team you also got the perfect light
0: yeah that was something
1: that was something that uh that That was like a
0: bonus kind of shallow it was kind of like a a
1: rainbow moment in a certain (laughs) way right because when we had our i'll never forget having our baby shower for beckett going all the way back to our baby shower and we had been planning this baby shower for our first child for like months and had everything just beautifully planned and set up and then it like was the only outdoors, day that whole yeah. year in Arizona that it rained all day. And yeah, so we had can, to scrap everything and move it inside. And it was very sad. And
0: very first world problem. First sad. world
1: problem sad. Yeah. And this was so redeeming because the light was just lightly diffused. <laughs> and if you're listening, if you're a photographer and you're listening right now, it wasn't full sun and it wasn't overcast. There was just a thin veil of clouds over the sun, making the light divine.
0: Yes. And so, um, our doula is also an incredible birth photographer. And so she was able to take all those pictures of the first moment, like of the moments before Emily was born and then the moments, um, after she was born. And so it's so special to have like our first photos of our daughter in natural light, just being like dorky photographers that we are. We love that. Sorry, um, back to our team. Yes. But our team, our midwife, our doula, our birth assistant, they were just incredible and supported me. It it was so cool because I never like once... Like, spoke a need out loud and yet they anticipated all of my needs and supported me um, through it all in such a beautiful way. And I just have so much respect for that whole profession. And we can talk more about that in another episode, just like why I, I truly loved home birth so much. It was just like such a beautiful redeeming experience. And honestly, like getting to take a shower in my own shower after and put on my own clothes, get in my own bed and Jordan could go to our own fridge and get food out of the fridge. And um, a few hours later, like After they'd done the testing and after they made sure that everything was okay and I was good and she was good and everything was good and they left, then it was just Jordan and me in our house with our baby. We didn't have to load her up in a car. We didn't have to go anywhere. And it was just like this beautiful way to start um, – our family is a family of four, even though we of course were missing our one piece, our Beckett. Um, but it was so nice to have that time, just the three of us, to like get a, get adjusted and acquainted and have time to like process all of it and just like thank God for everything that He had provided for us. Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review.
1: And if it wasn't, please don't.
0: (laughs) But seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you.
1: To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.